we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host, quizmaster extraordinaire, game show host, and a bunch of other hats uh, being worn by also Mike in a moment. And the reason for that is that this is the Mike, Mike, and Oscars award shows with a bit of an asterisk, because usually what these Mike, Mike, and Oscars are our way of wrapping up the film year, giving our takes, our best ofs, involving and incorporating you, dear listener, with your questions and your crazy categories. But uh, this is a, a little bit different this year, Michael. Correct. I uh, I wrote a few speeches to like explain myself mm-hmm. and to prepare you guys. <laughs> uh they came off like they were from Peter Parker's Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. So I just like <laughs> deleted them because they were all lies. Just all of them lies. With great buckets come great. No. All right. Right. So <laughs> I needed this. That's why this is happening. I needed this and you are indulging me. I needed to exercise the demons of this film year <laughs> with a homemade award show. I needed us to stray from the typical format where we kind of pick the Oscar categories ourselves, mm-hmm. our nominees, our winners. No, we can't do that this year. I I also don't want to bring anybody else into this evil <laughs> that that don't have to be here. So I, I want to absolve you because you have not seen this doc. No, I have not. I want to absolve you and our fans, our listeners, mm-hmm. from any blame. This is like the uh, the part in Walk Hard where Dewey Cox walks in on Tim Meadows having all the drugs. <laughs> you don't want no part of this shit, Dewey. That's what I'm saying for the next three, uh, well, uh, for the next 45 minutes, yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, seconds. that's that's the literally what's happening today is that instead of uh, spreading around the, this award show, uh, also Mike... Ref- refuse to let me see this document. I have no idea what these categories or questions are. Uh, mm-hmm. This is going to be Mike, Mike, and therapy for the most part of how we can both cope with and hopefully get over and finally get past the 2020 slash 21 film year and finally set our sights on the year ahead, which is already almost halfway over anyway. But uh, yeah, I uh, I can't be blamed for this for a change, which I'm pretty excited about, Mike. You should be excited. (laughs) And we should all be glad that you didn't write this because this would just be like most disappointing film of the year, 44th most disappointing film of the year. We're we're not going to do that this year. So I I took this upon myself. And I think I hope it came out uh, as something that is, like you said, therapeutic and hopefully a little fun. And we'll see. I don't know. Could be the beginning or the end of my writing career. <laughs> I, I've said that often enough. Um, but yeah, without further ado, here are the 2020, 2021 Mike, Mike and Oscars. Uh, are you ready, Michael? I don't know, to be honest, is the only <laughs> way I can answer that. But let's do it. <laughs> okay. Which 2020 film hailed the apocalypse? (laughs) I'm thinking of ending things. Mm -hmm. No time to die. Mm. Uh, Dramatic irony for both of those titles. Which film hailed the apocalypse? A Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. (laughs) The Devil All the Time. Ah, interesting. Emma... I'm getting away from the title parodies of which film held the apocalypse here. Emma is just too pretty. It's too happy. Cosmic scales must tip, Michael, (laughs) after something as lovely as Emma. That really was like the high point of your viewing uh, year there with Emma. You did love that movie. 100%. It's in my top 10. (laughs) We're not going to do top 10s today, but it's in there. Uh, Trolls World Tour, for Mm. obvious reasons. Yep. And My Octopus Teacher. (laughs) 
film that hailed the apocalypse. Now, when you Go. say hailed the apocalypse, you mean like hailed the cab. Like, no, like wh- which film do you blame for the global pandemic? I, mean, I see. I we're see. irrationally blaming this film <laughs> for all our problems. I don't think it's No Time to Die's fault. <laughs> I, uh... I was wrapping up our uh, our stuff that we did in 2020. I put a video up on it on Instagram and like closing all the folders. And the James Bond is in the 2020 folder, but I'm going to have to go back to it, obviously, since right. it's still open. So that's a sore spot for me, but I don't necessarily blame it for the apocalypse. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of anything that's came out too far into the apocalypse for it to be blamed. Shaun the Sheep movie is just the best film that was released this year. <laughs> um... <laughs> I like Trolls World Tour because that's kind of where the, all of this controversy started. So I'm going to say correct. that's the winner. That's probably the correct answer. Yeah. Trolls World Tour. I I was gonna, I was considering the devil all the time because it's just gross, mm-hmm. but and the title works. But no, you're you're right. It's Trolls World Tour. Michael, the 2020 movie title you would most like to make <laughs> inappropriate jokes about. Inappropriate jokes coming about. Uh huh. Calm, calm with horses. <laughs> My donkey, my lover, and I. Yeah, that's got to be the winner. <laughs> Dude, be careful of where you put the punctuation in my donkey, my lover, and I. Yeah, my donkey, and, my lover, colon, and I. Right. And make sure you know whose POV the movie is set in. If it's the donkey, we got problems. My donkey, my lover, and I. <laughs> Jumbo. <laughs> I think we have, yeah. Movie title you'd most like to make inappropriate jokes about. Jumbo, blow the man down. I think we did make a lot of inappropriate. Or did we? No, we actually held ourselves together during that review. It was a serious movie. It was a yeah. good movie. We liked proud, it. Proud of us. All right. Cat in the wall. Evil <laughs> jokes coming from you. Um, an American pickle. Mm-hmm. Obvious reasons. Fifle goes west. Sure. <laughs> Lucky grandma. <laughs> the story of Yu Jung Yoon. <laughs> or my octopus teacher. <laughs> I, I sense that you want it to be my octopus teacher is what I'm getting out of this. You know, I didn't tally up the nominations today, but... Right, but if you did, would my octopus teacher have been running away with this? We'll see. We'll have to see. I don't know. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. It has... My donkey, my lover, and I. Is, I mean, just... I Because, for multiple reasons. One is that it's just an objectively funny title. Two is I can't, even in this joyful, tongue, tongue-in-cheek, ironic, and backwards award show i still can't have a horse movie be a winner so i'm gonna say my donkey my lover and i and no donkey is not a horse it, the donkey is not a horse but okay <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm glad you didn't pick calm with horses or cat in the wall i figured those would be low-hanging fruit uh, i'm gonna say lucky grandma and just uh, just not uh quantify quantify that at all okay Fair. michael which movie would you want to see malcolm and marie oh, jesus christ are- yeah, what what movie would you want to see Malcolm and Marie argue about in the next Malcolm and Marie, Malcolm and Marie 2? Love and Monsters. Malcolm and Marie just go 15 rounds about love and monsters. Borat's subsequent movie film. That would be something. The Little Things. Mm. Tenet or My Octopus Teacher. Malcolm and Marie. Tenet I could rounds. see them actually arguing about. But Malcolm and Marie for me was such an unpleasant viewing experience because it was like it like hit way too close to home, yeah. w- with like all the the loud noises and the, the the nonstop. There's nowhere to hide in your own home and the ebbs and flows of like 
happiness and then right back to arguing and shouting and hit too close to home, hit too close to every relationship I've ever been in, just hit too close to everything. So if I'm going to have to sit through that, (laughs) I think I want to hear it be about Borat, right? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you want them to hear, like, my wife is reductive. Like, don't you want to hear, like, John David Washington make those arguments? I didn't think of it that way, I, I but I, I was curious about uh, Borat's subsequent movie film getting argued about by something, some ones that serious, and they're, yeah. they're very overly serious. There's no doubt about it. So that that would be interesting. I'm surprised you didn't pick Love and Monsters and just said, you know, let me take the teeth away from this this monster that's been after me. This this movie that's been no, but you did you. But you're, there was substantive your fears. film critiques within Malcolm and Marie too, so I can mm-hmm. see them actually having a discussion that boils over about the use of like effects in Love and Monsters. I don't know what they would hone in on for Borat. I'm surprised you took that so seriously, but uh, <laughs> don't do that for any of these other categories. Okay, I won't. All right, now you can take this one either way. Best. <laughs> Slash worst movie title of the year that I still watched. Okay. The Man Who Sold His Skin. Mm-hmm. Babenko, Tell Me When I Die. <laughs> Why did you watch that? It was a good movie. He's not a filmmaker. <laughs> and he's dying. <laughs> it's pretty good. Holidate. Terrible. Also, terribly awesome. <laughs> Ammonite. What does that mean? Does that word have an actual it, meaning? It's a fossil. It's a fossil they have sex on, <laughs> on top of. I just don't think too much about it. Can you use it it's in a sentence? the meaning of the whole movie. <laughs> don't call me Bigfoot, which I've <laughs> talked about earlier in the year. And my octopus teacher. <laughs> I'm sensing a, a trend here with these, with these final entries about. in these uh, categories. Everyone, my octopus teacher is really racking up the noms. It's going to win. <laughs> Um, you guys might have an Irishman in our hands here. Uh, the man who sold his skin is gross. It just sounds like a gross fucking title. It's about a back tattoo, people, but no, you're right. The title is disgusting. It's a guy who like just shaves this forearm skin and just like hands it to someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Feel yeah. my pain. Imagine if he got lowballed for it too. <laughs> You said 15. I only got 10 on me. I'm bleeding. (laughs) Please, please decide one of these. No, that's that's my my winner. It has to be. For all those reasons. All right. This is going swimmingly. But Banco Tell Me When I Die just brought me joy to hear. I did not know. Like, I may watch that movie solely based on how its title sounds. But Banco is just a fun word to say. Oh, he's the man. He's, He's an excellent film director. All right. Which movie food would you most like to eat? Mm-hmm. That slice of pizza from Seoul. Mm, that did look the, perfect. Perfect. The dumplings from Over the Moon. Mm-hmm. Yep. The oily cakes from First Cow. I mean, mm. they got to workshop. They got to workshop the title. But uh, mac and cheese from Malcolm and Marie. Mm-hmm. But that was just box mac and cheese. Yeah, but she did a good job. She with did. It. She did. A lot of mm-hmm. butter in there, but. Yeah. Sausage dumplings from the half of it. Just. Everything on the menu at the Mangrove from Small Axe there. Everything looked great. I just saw what the last nomination is. 
or those horrible live sharks from my octopus teacher. If I answer my octopus teacher for this one, will you stop having it in every category? I can't make no. These nominees are picked by the Academy of my, me. I can't do that. Um. <laughs> Remember when everyone thought first cow was good? <laughs> Like, I the love Kelly food, Riker. The food looked delectable. The food, yeah. it, was, it was a high year. It was a great year for film food. I agree. We were in the butthole of the <laughs> pandemic when First Cow was leading the Oscar race, right? And it was on everyone's list. And it had legs till the end, but I just... Like, it was a fine movie, but it's fine. one I will never watch again. Never, ever. We, uh, we were going to review it, and they were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do an Animal <laughs> Awards show again. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I do forgot. a homemade award show. This um, is a coping mechanism. This is a tried and true MMO coping mechanism. <laughs> Invent our own award show. <laughs> if Marie did more with the mac and cheese, that would be my answer. Uh, maybe it should be my answer because I was impressed with how good it still looked even though it was just box mac and cheese while being black and white but that pizza slice from soul was fucking awesome yes uh, I, I, I can't disagree i would just say all of the above yeah like, right this is that was for you <laughs> including right. the including the sharks yo i hate those sharks all right <laughs> which food would you least like to eat which mm-hmm. movie food would you least like to eat the okay. ham dinner the ham dinner and i'm thinking of ending things <laughs> Any one of the fried bologna sandwiches in Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> Do I have to be surrounded by the cast? Yes. You have to eat it in the environment. Okay. You can't just, what's that gold belly? You can't gold belly it over. <laughs> the daily spread for Gretel and Hansel, because mm-hmm. you can't trust it. I mean, right. it looks okay, but it also looks a little off. Looks like it smells. Sure. And you also get eaten by a witch at the end of it. Correct. <laughs> The thumbtack from Swallow. <laughs> or, or my octopus teacher. Would you least like to eat my octopus teacher? Um, Serious answers only, please. If you take this in the most literal, imagine just walking into a classroom where an octopus is teaching students and you walk up to it to devour it in front of the kids. Uh, <laughs> Old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's listening at this point. <laughs> no, they, they all turned this off 10 minutes ago. So here's what I want to say about the ham dinner, and I'm thinking of ending things, is that Tony Collette, I just saw, like, I'm in the Truman Show because she's in a movie, and I love Tony Collette, but she's in a movie called Dream Horse that I just saw the preview for the other day. Mm-hmm. And it's like a pair, it's an exact farce of everything. I've ever said about horse movies. And I adore Tony Collette. How could she do that to me? I've been trying to troll you with that movie for <laughs> a whole year, and you never bit. Like, it's almost like you blocked my... I, yeah, because I didn't want to think out. it was real, and now I saw the the preview for it. Mm-hmm. It looks ridiculous. It looks like a horse movie. They're following horse movie tropes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um... The fried bologna sandwiches, because I do not want to be in the cinematic universe of Hillbilly Elegy at any point ever again. That, that's the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Give me the thumbtacks. <laughs> give me the give me the ham dinner of death. Give me yeah, that no. sweet educational octopus. <laughs> Get those bologna sandwiches away from me. All right. No hyperbole, no drama. This 
uh, character mm-hmm. would probably just make a great friend. And okay. we'll go with animals first, then humans. And this is the <laughs> the saddest film critic category ever. The movies are my friends. <laughs> Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Best friend character that would become your best friend. The first cow. <laughs> All the wolves from the wolf walkers. They'd be good to have Very loyal. Back. Yeah. That fat snail lady from Pinocchio, <laughs> very helpful throughout that plot in okay. Italy. Good. Uh, my donkey Patrick from My Donkey, comma, my lover and I, <laughs> or Rosetta from My Octopus Teacher. So which animal would make your best friend? You be honest you? with me right here and right now. Mm-hmm. Does anyone sleep with that donkey and My Donkey, My Lover and I? <laughs> I don't want to spoil movies for our audience. I mean, I could off the air, I could tell you, but I, I'm not going to tell the audience. I mean, now they're going to go watch that movie. It's a good movie. It might be good because there's bestiality, or it might I be don't good. think I don't think now they're going to go watch that movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. She takes a hike along uh, with the donkey in the woods. Um, the wolves, the wolves from Wolf Walker. I'd want them watching my back. Okay, so that's a cool answer. I yeah. like that. And you, you you went true to form there. Okay, in terms of friends, like characters that I just found like balanced and didn't have a lot of drama to them, and I could just hang and chill. Like they would be cool to hang with Okay, at the end. So many other characters are, are creating drama, and I don't want it. So right. Tessa Thompson's Sylvie and Sylvie's love was just, like, well-balanced. Sure. She knew what she wanted and where she was going. She had one good job after the next. Boom. Tessa Thompson, Sylvie's love. All right. Aubrey Plaza's Riley in Happiest Season. Mm-hmm. I think she was the fan favorite there. I mean, no question about it. Aubrey Plaza's Riley in Happiest Season there. Samuel Jackson in The Banker, I thought was... Wow. He had his shit together. Deep pull from way back in the year. Yeah. Brian Dennehy's Dell in Driveways. Who doesn't want to be... Friends with Brian Dennehy. Can I take Brian Dennehy with me to the awkward ham dinner and I'm thinking of ending things? Yeah, like who would you survive these previous categories with? <laughs> it's a great way to put this. All right. Okay. Moises Arias, the kid with the most tattoos in the King of Staten Island. It's like, you, I let you use me as a, you know, an etch sketch, a drawing pad. <laughs> I'm a human sketch pad. But you love my tattoos. No, I really don't. <laughs> That movie deserved uh, more. Yeah, and finally, and, and not least of all, Foster, <laughs> after he's been my octopus teacher. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm moving along here. <laughs> Which fictional character would become your best friend? Um, <laughs> How many of these are at my tea party right now? <laughs> Brian Dennehy. I want to hang out with Brian Dennehy for the day. May he rest in peace. <laughs> Good. I'm not even going to answer this one. All right. Most shocked to love film. Good. You were most shocked to love this film in 2020. Okay. Uh, kind of serious category. So, The Father, mm-hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah, The Lie, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Dick Johnson is Dead, French Exit, Palm Springs for me on rewatch, or My Octopus Teacher. <laughs> Um, I don't know why it's still funny to me at this point. I should expect it, but every time. Um, Most shocked to love, huh? Probably, honestly, taking this one more seriously than the others so far, probably either the French exit or the father. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think French Exit was something that I was expecting to be as high on. I expected it to be high quality, and I expected it to be a Michelle Pfeiffer centerpiece, but I don't know that I expected to enjoy the film all around as much as I did, especially because it gets a, it's got that air of snootiness to it, but because it does have that air of snootiness, it like takes itself less seriously at times. That's all part of the, the way you're supposed to view the characters because they get down on their luck. So I really like that. And the father, I just plain didn't expect to like that much. I I thought it was didn't believe film Twitter. Yeah, no, I didn't. And usually when film Twitter hypes up an Oscars contender, that's not a bona fide, you know, best picture front runner. I tend to see things differently, especially after going in with those sorts of, uh, information not the bombardment of this is this type of movie that's out there because a lot of times my cynical ass likes to think film twitter is just kind of falling in a parade uh more (laughs) on certain films so uh those are probably the two answers uh i'm curious to know your answer though what do you think of those well you would think i would say judas or palm springs but i actually expected to love them and then my first watches didn't go right. as well as i thought and then upon rewatch i fell in love with those movies again so i'm not going to pick those my my pick here is going to reveal a lot about me because this is a movie recommended by you and it is <laughs> the lie <laughs> I almost picked that. I almost choked too, but I almost picked that. You recommended the lie to me, and I was like, "There's no way <laughs> this movie's this gonna is, suck. <laughs> this movie's gonna suck." Mike likes it. And, uh, I I will hate it, uh, but I'll watch it anyway because I watch everything, and I'm very bored and lonely. But I watched it, and I loved it. It's ridiculous. It's schlocky, and it's, and it's got something uh, that other movies don't got. Surprises. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you like that. That bought me a scotch of credibility in your eyes. I get to live another day. <laughs> I get a scotch. Uh, you got a scotch with me. Okay. Characters you would least like to party with. Oh, God. There were tons. How did you narrow right. this list down? Well, I got the real bummers out of All here, right. but there's still some bummers. Okay. Characters you'd least like to party with. Shirley Jackson from Shirley. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Just a bowl of mashed <laughs> Just potatoes. glaring at you up. at all times. Scare, smirking scares. when you're angriest. Mm-hmm. Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> I don't want nothing Both to of do them. with them. Mike from The Climb is, is not a good hang. <laughs> Great movie, but not a good friend. Uh <laughs> David and Andy from Rent-A-Pal, just you, just the third wheel with that, with those two. Oh no! If you get David out of the house, if you get him on his own, he doesn't seem that bad. That's right. David in small doses on his own out of the house, <laughs> you could help socialize him. Uh, otherwise, Michelle Pfeiffer from French Exit. Yeah, that would seem to be not so fun. Not so fun. Carrie Coon and Jude Law from The Nest. That's kind of a Malcolm and Marie situation. Yeah, again, doesn't seem like it would be so fun. Now, I don't know if he should be in this category or the next one, but Jared Leto from The Little Things. I mean, you might want to hang out. How do I say what I'm thinking without spoiling that entire movie? (laughs) Well, either way... Either way, he's kind of a fun hang. That's true. That's in true. In a police station, anyway. There's an so, air of mysteriousness to about him, you know, for I'm sure. Gonna dis- I'm going to disqualify him, and I'm going to put him in the next... I'm going to put him in the next <laughs> category and see how he does. Okay. Just a quick little copy and paste. All right. All right, so he's going to be in the most like to party with. All right. Father and mother, David Thewlis and Tony Collette from I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Well, I do not want to party with them. Could be a fun party, because you literally have no idea where they would be at any one time. <laughs> That's true. 
or how old they are. But you turn around and they're in a totally different room doing a totally different thing at a totally different place. Yeah, but just the laugh. Ugh. <laughs> the, the, the laughs that they have. <laughs> Finally, would you least like to party with those fucking shark assholes from our octopus teacher? What did, what grade did you give my octopus teacher? It's it's like a B. It's a solid B. Every, the same grade. I gave the same grade to everything I liked. Lowercase liked this year. Everything. If they're all Bs, B pluses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, there would character. be no more awkward party than one with Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> True. Yeah, I think you're right. It was just, I mean, and surely, surely at a party where Malcolm and Marie are, she would love it. Mm-hmm. That would make her very happy. I don't think David would go to a party without, because that would mean leaving Andy behind. Michelle Pfeiffer outright says she doesn't want any more friends, so she's mm-hmm. not interested in partying anymore. <laughs> right. And so, then, yeah, Malcolm and Marie yeah. would, would crush the party. They would end the party. Yeah. Everybody would leave. I think that's my answer. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think you're correct. Okay, so who would you most like to party with? <laughs> uh, Mank? Yeah, be a hell of a party. The wrong Missy. Also a hell of a party for different reasons. Roy, Niles, and Sarah in a little time <laughs> loop in Palm Springs there. Mm-hmm. I thought the Five Bloods, they had a great time yeah, at, they did. at that club in Apocalypse, you know, that Apocalypse Now club. Yeah, that was awesome. That, great that scene. That was fun. Uh, the guys from another round on a Wednesday <laughs> during work hours, they're going to be fun. That's how I used to party when I was in the court. No. <laughs> I could put Jared Leto from The Little Things sure. here. I mean, he's got a lot of true crime knowledge. Sure. He's going to bring some anecdotes to the to the room. Uh, Bill Murray, just like, I mean, wherever he is, but certainly in his element, uh, a Manhattan bar uh, on the rocks. Uh, he, he has a good time. Yep. That firehouse, Mike, would you, would you most like to party with that firehouse from the King of Staten Island? Seems to be a nice uh, fraternal brotherhood going on there. Or, of course, Barb and Star from My Octopus Teacher. <laughs> All right, that's that's the last Coattails think... nomination for The Octopus. <laughs> I don't think you got that movie right. <laughs> Look, it's a nomination juggernaut so far, but we're not going to get another one for a little bit. But go ahead. Per- characters you would most like to party with. <laughs> I admire your consistency. Um... Uh, imagine hanging out with Jared Leto's character and be like, why are you saying everything so cryptically? <laughs> just answer me. <laughs> I figure that would be just unbearable after a while. <laughs> okay, so maybe he's he's a tweener. He's not yeah. in one category or the next. So party you would most like to party with. I think the Five Bloods, man. Yeah, they, if, a, they were for one night again. Yeah. Small doses. One, they one were night killing. It. They were going off in that club. <laughs> they were going off in that club. I'm gonna say the firehouse from mm-hmm. King of Staten Island. That just looked like a great time. You got to go into a time loop, <laughs> otherwise, and then there's alcohol problems right. elsewhere. Right. But yeah. <laughs> a lot of downsides to a lot of those. Barb and Star in the ocean. <laughs> nah. No. All right. After 2020, Michael. Which cinematic mystery are you now best equipped to answer? I like this category. Okay. Which cinematic mystery are you now best equipped to answer? Where's Al Capone's money? Absolutely not. What is Tenet? Absolutely not. Can you rent a pal? Maybe. 
who won, Malcolm or Marie? <laughs> and no. do you know the story of the organ grinder's monkey? Can you re- recite the story of the organ grinder's monkey for me right now? What is that from? I can't even remember. Mank. Mank. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, the third one. Can you rent a pal? It's the only one I have a chance at answering. You could say, no, you cannot rent a pal. Right, exactly. Ah. It's basically a 50-50 shot. Any of the other ones, Capone showed us nothing mm-hmm. about whether... Tenant, my answer would be a building that explodes and then explodes again because of you. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Malcolm or Marie, I, I, I doesn't, in my opinion, holds no weight there. I'd be wrong either way. <laughs> And the monkey. All right. The you, forget the monkey. So, yeah, no, there's a little category fraud with Rent-A-Pal getting a nomination there. Uh, you're probably right. It was okay. a slam dunk. It'd be a favorite in the books. Now, you could take this one either way. Place okay. you'd most or least like to visit. Camp Juned, Crip Camp there. Palm awesome Springs. To party with the people from Crip Camp. They had a blast. Yeah. Palm Springs. Again, pros and cons. Nomadland. <laughs> Boy State. Oh, God. Lover's Rock. Oh, no. Or the last blockbuster. Place you'd oh, most. Oh, man. Slash least like to visit. There would be. This is this year's lead actress category. There's yeah. no betting favorite. <laughs> uh, because I would hate to visit Nomadland. <laughs> I would hate to visit Boy State. Mm-hmm. I would love to visit Last Blockbuster and Crip Camp. Mm-hmm. Lovers Rock, they had a good time. But Lovers yeah, Rock again, and pros and cons. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh mm-hmm. man, I'll say I've never wanted to fight a bunch of fourteen-year-olds more than I did <laughs> in watching Boy State. So yeah. that I really should probably avoid for my own good sanity and benefit. That's a good answer. Yeah. My answer, of course, is Nomadland. But at least I most slash least like to visit there. I guess. All right. It's the best life for you. <laughs> best friend to have on a road trip, and no family nominated here disqualifies a lot of can- uh, characters. So, okay. the best friend you could have on a road trip. All right, Talia Ryder from Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. She is ride or die. Great friend. Yeah. Martin Lawrence as Marcus, Bad Boys <laughs> for Life. He is ride or die as well. Mm-hmm. Any blood from the five mm. bloods, but you probably disqualify one of them. It's really the four bloods. Right. <laughs> one you don't want as your friend. Right. Oh. Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock, Jonathan Major. You wouldn't okay. have to feel bad if you ended up leaving him behind, I guess. <laughs> it's a great performance, though. <laughs> Swanky from Nomadland. Yes, another great needs friend. To, needs to be mentioned. Yep. Great friend. Cal from I'm Your Woman. Mm. He's, he's really... Uh, Loyal and, and, and takes, you know, he's loaded. He's got the gun. Uh, you need him. Uh, Kosar Ali from Rocks. I've not great seen friend. Rocks yet. All right, but she's a great friend. You okay. Just, rocks is not about Rocks. It's about, okay, other things. And Kosar Ali's a great friend. Tom Hanks from News of the World. He's not related to uh, Helena Zangle. He just is the Tom Hanks. He's a great. And finally, Jamie Foxx as Joe from Soul, Michael. Best friend. On a road trip. I tell you, the one that jumped out to me was Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't need to know who you are to, like, put his life on the line for you. That's true. So I feel like, in terms of benefit to cost, you wouldn't, I mean, the the, the you wouldn't have to do a lot of work for the friendship. 
knowing that this guy would have your back anyway, regardless. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little surprised you're not taking that up a notch because Jamie Foxx, like, gives his eternal soul <laughs> for the other character. I mean, uh, that's true. But I have to, you know, I have to spend... I, my problem is I don't want to interact with people, and I just want them to do things for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Cal. I mean, Cal is, you know, a protector. Right. And you got Tom Hanks. Right. And, and yeah, you got... You, you really got to get to know Joe. Right. <laughs> and you're not, you yeah. don't want the interpersonal relationship. Okay, exactly. okay, I see. Now, my answer is Joe, but uh, I, I understand. Tom Hanks <laughs> just taking care of you on a wagon trail in, in Texas. Okay, Michael. Yeah. If you were an actor, you could have one, uh, you could have a one-line speaking part in a movie from last year, and here's your line. <laughs> I just work here. <laughs> so that's your line. You got okay. one line in a movie. Okay. I just work here. Is your line. In which movie would you like to deliver that line? <laughs> Waiting tables on Michelle Pfeiffer and Lucas Hedges in French Exit. <laughs> I just work here. <laughs> Lighting it on fire. <laughs> Attending that gas station quick- quickie mart in The Hunt. <laughs> that didn't go well. Hey, I just work here. Uh, at the dating service from, uh, you know, working at the front oh, desk in Rent-A-Pal. That one hits too close to home. <laughs> Some psychopath coming in yelling at me about something that I couldn't care less about. Any store or business from Borat's subsequent movie film. <laughs> and maybe you should have your hand over your face because you recognize Sasha Baron Cohen in full makeup and you don't want to be caught by the camera and you won't sign your release. Are you and Sasha you, Baron Cohen? You don't want to get fired, but you don't also is want this, to come across as Is a this buffoon. a Borat movie? <laughs> or would you want to say this line as Ray Romano's assistant... <laughs> Who speaks exactly like his boss, Ray Romano, on Bad Education. I just work here. I just work here, Deborah. Get out of my shower. (laughs) So, you're an actor in a movie. Gotta cancel our interview with Ray Romano. (laughs) Gotta say one line. I just work here. Oh, God. Where are you going? (laughs) The Hunt had a couple moments that did make me laugh. It was an overall disappointing film, I felt, but it had a couple moments that made me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. And I feel like me saying that before I get blasted away like Brad Pitt does coming out of that closet and burn after reading <laughs> would be a good movie moment. So uh, I think that'd be my answer. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I tipped my answer because I wanted to do a voice. I'm like uh, D from It's Always Sunny. I wanted to do the Ray Romano voice, and I did the Ray Romano voice. He did it well, I'll say. I, I, I applaud you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I I do take that to heart. So, okay, Michael, you edit our podcast. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually curious if you'd be curious to engage in this hypothetical as well. Which scene or sequence would you most like to be the assistant editor on? And Mm. this is ACE film editor. Would you like to assistant edit the Pete Davidson is learning to work at the firehouse montage from the King of Staten Island? Okay. Fun. Yeah. A lot of outtakes. Fun. Uh, the incredible opening sequence of, of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, musical goods delivered sure. there. Editing one of the Bill Murray bar scenes and On the Rocks again, a lot of outtakes, oh, a lot man. of improv, a couple close ups, beautiful shots. But you know, if you're if you're thirsty, you wanna you really wanna edit that one. Uh, 
And then there's this building in Tenet, you see. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> there's a restaurant inside of that building where Michael Caine sits and eats french fries, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Kane, he gets this one scene and this one scene only, and he's telling John David Washington the secrets of time and space, but all the while he's chewing on the French fries. So I'm editing. Can't understand him. I'm editing the scene where Sir Michael Kane is eating French fries, basically explaining the meaning of life. Time moves forward. <laughs> Could you do that accent again, please? Time moves forward. <laughs> Stuffing his face with French fries. It's a big screen TV. That's the point where everybody's That's like... That's the worst Michael Caine accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point in the movie where everybody's like, no, this can't win any... can't be nominated for best sound. Point blank. Um, my answer in all seriousness, it'd either be Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or the Bill Murray one. Right. I think just being around that kind of talent. I mean, Bill, when Bill Murray's allowed to just riff and improv on set, how, how could you not want to be a part of that? And the Ma Rainey stuff is just talent jumping off the screen to you. So I think that'd be either one of those. Uh, <laughs> I would pick Michael Caine if he was forced to sound like your impression of Michael Caine just was. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I, I'm, I'm good at one. I'm good at one impersonation, and it's Ray Romano. It's just not Michael Caine. All right. Kids you'd least slash most want to have in class. You might have tipped this one off already. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Boy State. Yeah. Jerks. <laughs> uh, the kids from Rocks, they start a massive food fight. Oh. I had Not... one of those when I was a junior in high school. The oh my senior God. started a food fight, and it was like it lasted for like 45 seconds. There was literally, it was like you saw in a movie, just food everywhere. The principal came in. He knew it was the seniors who started mm-hmm. it. But got all the freshmen in trouble for some reason. He just refused to get the seniors in trouble for it. He, shit rolls downhill. <laughs> and food thrown. I guess the goo rolls downhill, too. Oh, my God. That's that's ridiculous. All right. The uh, Juned campers from Crip Camp. Again, most slash least. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids from Jingle Jangle are going to break out into song. And they're going to have a lot of snowball fights. In the middle of class? In the middle of class. Yeah, no, I won't likely. be able to Yeah, they're going to find a way. Is the octopus they... teacher teaching in this class? The octopus teacher <laughs> teaching in a snowball class? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Answer however you need to. Uh, finally, Becky uh, is going to look to murder and, and, and kill whoever mm. she can from Becky. Can I put Becky in the class with the kids from Boy State? Yes. <laughs> Yes, thank you. That's an emphatic yes. That would be my answer then. Now. Look, there was a couple kids in Boy State that have I, I, I liked and have hope. There mm-hmm. just weren't that many. Um, <laughs> Becky will find who you don't like and take care of them, yes. The kids from Crib Camp were just downright inspiring and worked their inspiring. asses off. Yeah, totally. I, I think they'd be a joy to be around. Top ten movie of the year for me, too. All right. If they were dressed in costume. Who would scare you most in real life? So this is a character coming out of the movies into your real life. Sure. You are having a budget meeting, and you are now sitting across from Alice and Janney and Hugh Jackman with the slick back hairdo from Bad Education. She's stealing from you, Hugh. <laughs> budget meeting. Ooh, uh-oh. All right. You're old. You're a senior citizen. Mm-hmm. And in walks... Rosamund Pike from I Care A Lot. Do I know who she is? You know from, you've seen her movie. Okay, yeah. so I'm aware of, of what she does in these yeah. situations. Okay. Who are you most yeah. scared of? 
Jesse Plemons sits across from you at dinner in a fancy restaurant. Uh, now, you're hungry, and you get the big, beautiful mac and cheese thrust in front of your uh, seat at the table, and then Marie walks around. Zendaya just stares, stares at you, yeah. waits for you to say something. Again, I don't know how scary that would be for how many times I've lived that reality. <laughs> Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize we had another nomination here, <laughs> coattails nomination. But Craig Foster walks out of the ocean in full scuba, and he wants to tell you about a certain uh, group of teachings he's been given by a certain teacher. Uh, you're a trumpet player, and you play an off note. You know who's staring at you from mm. across this uh, 1920s studio? Yeah. It's Ma Rainey, right? Or Saint Maud, just uh, just Saint Maud, just being in Saint Maud's presence. Um. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. S- scariest character that would pop up in your real life, like last action hero, and scare you uh, the most. If I'm a senior citizen and Rosman Pike walks in, yeah, shit's about to go. Like one of us isn't leaving that room. I don't care how old I am for the mm. for the betterment of everyone else in the retirement home that I'm in. <laughs> it's a good answer. I, I think I'm going with Jesse Plemons. Just because he yeah. was scary all year in a couple movies, yep. bringing more baggage in. Yeah, I like that. Breaking Bad and the Breaking Bad movie there. But okay. Also, if I pick my octopus teacher there, can we be done with it? <laughs> I don't know. I thought we were. And I forgot that I didn't reorder that one into the list. I like that St. Maud gets out of that category scot-free, by the way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right, Michael. Most skeevy thing in a movie that made my skin crawl that you now most agree with okay is also skeevy sure christopher walken's irish accent in wild mountain time (laughs) tom hardy's face in capone Mm. just (laughs) disgusting (laughs) popping this is just you insulting things and putting the blame on me I like to deflect and delegate. <laughs> uh, popping a back pimple in the man who sold his skin. Oh, God. Especially after you cut off all that forearm skin. Look, <laughs> there's there's a lot of close talking in true history of the Kelly gang, Michael. Okay. This is an Australian Western, and it's like this familial thing. Like, they're all related. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... It's the dude from 1917 and the mother from Baby Teeth and their mother and son, and they're just, like, talking, like, an inch away from each other's faces. Is it, like, most some of the movie. awkward sexual tension type stuff? The mother and the son? The teenage son? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm asking. Is that what makes it skeevy? I'm just... Well, apparently, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just... It's horrible. It's yeah, that's horrifying. not good. That's no good. It's not good. No. The beards and wigs from Radioactive. This is the Rosamund Pike like uh, science movie, Madame uh-huh. Fury movie. They're just so gross, right? All of them. Just they're, they're like I could see the makeup and the glue just hanging off them. <laughs> you do have a thing. It, it went kind of forgotten this year, but historically, for anyone who's still with us in this episode, why? But just still with us in general, you have this fascination with bad wigs. Yeah. And you and you you can't you hold grudges against them like I hold grudges against pretty much everything else in the film world. <laughs> I hold grudges. I hold a few grudges and bad wigs that yeah. really look fake. That's one of them for sure. Because that's like it's like community theater horseshit. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like at least I'm 
30 feet away in a community theater. Mm-hmm. I, can, I, I can't focus and fixate on the fake wakes. Yeah, it's not on a 100-foot-wide uh, LED screen. Correct. <laughs> right. Anyway, most skeevy thing in a movie, Martin Eden's dead tooth. Oh, God. It's very dead. It looks like it schmeals. <laughs> it's horrible. Or, this was in the trailer, even if people didn't see this movie, Robert Pattinson eating deviled eggs in The Devil All the Time. How many takes do you think that took? I hope one. <laughs> if it was anything over than one, I would have just vomited right on set. Robert Pattinson eating 18 deviled eggs. <laughs> just gross. Most skeevy thing in a movie that I listed that you agree with go edward cullen just threw up egg on spider-man uh <laughs> it's the traits the what? dmz edward cullen <laughs> spider-man got eggied oh my god hey uh hey guys i quit <laughs> what a collection of nominees here by the way we have an accent a wig deviled eggs a yeah. tooth? Ah, tooth. <laughs> Martin Eden just... And he talks with his hands and he can't, you know, he can't uh, bring his hands above his dead tooth the whole time. Mm. Mm. My tooth is a dead! <laughs> is that a line? That's a line straight from the movie. cigarettes! <laughs> Knowing nothing about the movie, if there's an incestual sexual tension there in the Kelly gang, that has to be yeah. the answer. Yeah, I think it's the answer. Yeah. I agree. Other maybe it's Tom Hardy's face, but it's probably that one. Yeah, okay. or or the deviled eggs recipe. <laughs> All right, a couple of serious cate- categories for once in my life. Um, who had the best year of performances besides Chadwick Boseman? I love because this he, question. Yeah, he had two great performances. We'd probably pick him if he was in here, if anybody's listened to our show all year. So I'm disqualifying him unfairly. Yeah, well, we ask, I mean, we like asking that question, too, yearly. It's like, who won 2019? Who won 2018? Last year, it was like Adam Driver and Florence Pugh. Who is it this year? Anya Taylor-Joy, just uh, on awards chatter, by the way. I think she's hosting the uh, SNL season finale, too, in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, she deserves to host everything. And she's lined up for two years. What an episode that was with Feinberg. Crazy backstory, how she was discovered, which was nuts. Go listen to Awards Chatter, by the way. If, if you guys, again, if you haven't listened to us all year. Yeah, right. <laughs> we've been shouting that out. Anyway, Elizabeth Moss, the Invisible Man, Shirley there. Pete Davidson, John David Washington, Tenant, Malcolm and Marie. We have Sasha Baron Cohen. He was in two Oscar-nominated films. Jesse Plemons. Uh, Judas and I'm thinking of ending things. Rob Morgan had a sneaky great year. Yeah, he did. In, in Bull, Greyhound, and The Photograph. He and it's awesome the, in it's the It's like the, the second photograph. straight sneaky great year for Rob Morgan, right? Or was it two out of three? He, two out of the last three? They, I think every year might be a sneaky great year. We Nobody just, I mean, he's, he's got to blow up soon. Uh, Andrew Rannells, I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but the boys in the band, the prom, he hosted the after show, the Oscar after show. With, oh, right, uh, right, 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 right. Coleman Domingo there, and he did a great job with that. I wish he hosted the real show. <laughs> anyway, Diane Wiest, let them all talk. I care a lot. She had a sneaky great year herself. Keegan-Michael Key, the prom, Jingle Jangle, who knew he had the musical talent he does, Michael. Also going to host SNL next week. And two Oscar nominees here, Vanessa Kirby and Lakeith Stanfield. Big years for them both. Uh, Pieces of a Woman in the World to Come for Kirby and the photograph Judas and the Black Messiah for Stanfield. So I think Elizabeth Moss had maybe the most overlooked great year. 
She mm. had that Oscar momentum for The Invisible Man up until probably June or July when it kind of died off. Surely we felt she should have been in the conversation, but she, that never really caught traction for whatever reason. It was a loaded year for lead actress, even though we were kind of hard-pressed to find out what the sixth of those top five would have been. We didn't really have a definitive number six there, and she could have been in the conversation for that, I feel, at least. Pete Davidson... Huge breakout year. Tough for me to say John David Washington's year this year was bigger than John David Washington's year last year, even though he was the star of a Christopher Nolan blockbuster. Um, but he's another one that just seems to be on the verge of being a household name if he's not already. A lot of great choices here, Mike. Vanessa Kirby and Lakeith Stanfield are two people we absolutely love. That we, we think they both... Lakeith, we were overjoyed with his Oscar nom, and Vanessa Kirby, we were wishing was taken more seriously in her Oscar nom. True. No, I, I agree with everything you're saying here. I think my answer might be, I think the first one, I think, and I think that's why you had it first as well. I think Anya Taylor-Joy might have had the best year, though. I mean, the Queen's Gambit was everywhere. Emma came out early in the year, but still maintained Oscars momentum, which for that type of movie is kind of rare for when it debuts yeah. early in the year uh, to have the awards momentum it did all throughout. New Mutants was New Mutants. We still got fun out of it, uh, even though that thing was like, you know, in the whatever for four years it was in the can in production hell uh but i think i need to the joy maybe my answer what do you think mike well that's a good pick it definitely is it's probably the pick if you're taking like reception critical audience yeah. reception into account there emma and the queen's gambit are beloved and she got awards for the queen's gambit like crazy i would probably say john david washington myself oh, really? cool. because i i love those two performances so much like they're both in like my top 15 of the year in best actor. And I, I gushed over them both on this, you know, this program here. So I would probably be a hypocrite if I did not say John David Washington, but you're right. Anya Taylor, Joy, Vanessa Kirby. Shit. I mean, Rob, Rob Morgan, like yeah. I said, you could, again, if you want to give the sneaky great year vote to him or Diane Weist or something like mm -hmm. that, Elizabeth Moss, like you said, she got off to a rock star start. But uh, yeah, this that's a tough. This is a tough one to pick. That sure. is, that is, that's a good, right. good sign of things to come too. Well, a couple more categories like it here, excluding Oscar noms, Paul Racy, Yeo Jung Yoon, and Andrew Day. Who are the breakout stars of this award season? And maybe I should have put Anya Taylor Joy if I thought of the uh, Emmy angle of it. But okay, who are the breakout stars of this award season? We'll start with actor. We have Eli Gore from One Night in Miami, as well as Kingsley Benadire. Mm -hmm. We have Alan Kim from Minari, Adarsh Garav from The White Tiger, or Tahar Rahim from The Mauritanian, Michael. Actor, breakout star of those five. Ironic because I don't think it has anything to do with what they did on screen, but Alan Kim stole award season a couple times. He, he didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if he comes out with a movie My next sworn year, lifelong enemy, Alan Kim, the adorable <laughs> eight-year-old boy. <laughs> the irony of you picking him here. I, I wonder if it's Kingsley Benadire because he actually was nominated for all of the Breakout Star Awards pretty much. Mm -hmm. and he won a couple of them. And, uh, otherwise, Tahar Rahim might have had the most legs in the awards season, I would say. Yeah. He, had the cl he was probably the closest to a nomination. But, yeah, I'll go with Kingsley Benadire. Maybe it's because I watched him at the beginning of the year in High Fidelity, the TV show, which was pretty great. You did love that, yeah. They canceled it, damn it. Oh, All did right. they? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think they did. It's unfortunate. Divine Joy Randolph was the Jack yeah. Black character, too. Damn it. All right. Anyway, actress, breakout star actress, Nicole Bahari from Miss Juneteenth, Helena Zangle from News of the World, Sydney Flanagan from Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, 
Bucky Backray from Rocks, uh, a late breakout for her there, and then Rada Blank from the 40-year-old version. Wow, what a category. What a bunch of yeah. huge names that definitely all had their moment. Tough. Tough to pick here. Bahari, Zangle, Flanagan, Backray, Blank, breakout actress. I'm going to take, I don't think this will be a surprise for anyone who's listening, I'm going to take Sydney Flanagan. I think Never Really Sometimes Always was awesome. Yeah. Truly, true. like one of the, maybe my, my in my top five of the year, I have to go back and look at my numbers, but like it, it was so, so well done in a year where I think movies that were of that caliber were few and far between for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just, I think Sydney Flanagan made her mark, had a moment. I think she's going to be huge. I think everyone in this category is going to be huge, quite frankly. They all had great True. moments, but I, I just, I am in love with Never Really, Sometimes Always. I wonder if Nicole Bahari made the most headway in terms of, like, she's on Oscar Probably. now. I would agree with that, probably. But, I, I mean, I, t- I tell you, like, Rada Blank probably made the most money because she's, like, a writer, director, creator. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she probably gets paid for her next project, right. so award season made her money and that's what we need to happen so that that's an interesting that's an interesting question i don't know what who you who who's the actual winner there but that's uh the flanagan bahari blank that's tough to pick all right i'm gonna i'm gonna chicken out and not pick it you're gonna abstain all right the academy abstains (laughs) one half of the academy voted just like just like this year. year just like the real oscars okay who deserved more awards this award season and who deserved the more, you know, a more award season love sure. for that matter? Ibrahim Gay was the, the the kid actor in The Life Ahead. Yeah. Did a great job. Glenn Turman from Ma Rainey's. Absolutely. Coleman Domingo from Ma Rainey's. I know they got uh, Indie Spirit noms, but that was that, and they should have got more. Uh, Rob Morgan from Bull. Brian Landis Falcons did a great job. Yeah, he was great. In Rent a Pal. Bill Burr from The King of Staten Island and Bo Burnham from Promising Young Woman. They got a lot of love in the rest of their careers and, and in terms of their reception and the audience and the and the critics, etc. But they had great years and they didn't get award season love, really. So uh, in terms of the actor, who deserved more award season love this year? This is such a... I'm a fan of the New York Yankees pick because he probably needs the least love anyway. But Bo Burnham should be a two-time Oscar nominee, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, he should have been there this year. He should have been heavily in the conversation for supporting actor, I think, for Promising Young Woman. He should have been nominated for screenplay for uh, eighth grade, and he wasn't, even though he won at the WGAs. Uh, he, I, and I'm so excited, we uh, we put on our Instagram and a couple of our social medias, he's got a new special coming out for Netflix when a couple years ago he had said that he was done doing specials, but I guess COVID got him in, you know, got his creative juices flowing again. That's going to be coming out soon. I th- truly think he's, one of, if not the most talented entertainer out there. I think we are in an era where he can easily win an EGOT. I, I don't think that's out of the question at all. And I think he can win Oscars on either side of the camera, quite frankly. I, I just, I'm, in, I'm enamored with him and his talent. Uh, and I think that extends to what he did in Promising a Young Woman. So he's due, right? I mean, it's going to happen. Even yeah. if he gets, uh, what would you want to have happen for him? Do you want him to go straight to the Oscars? Uh, and get get nominated there for his next movie, or do you want to see him be nominated as Larry Bird? Oh God, that'd be awesome! <laughs> that'd be so great. I, I think because eighth grade eighth grade has started to me to feel like a movie where people are like, "How did this not get nominated?" Like it has staying power still. If his next endeavor is as good as eighth grade was, and it's that impactful. 
don't you think he would have paid his dues already in the Academy's eyes? Like, he's a known entity now. Yeah. I think having a movie with similar or equal impact, if he could do that again, which would be a a tall task, but if he's able to do that, which I think he is, I I would think he easily lands a nomination in at least the screenplay category, if not director as well. Yeah, I'm probably with you there. I think... I think uh, Coleman Domingo is also like on the cusp. Agree. I think he's put a couple performances in a Agree. row, and then hosting the after party, and then you know the the, the campaigning. Uh, I think uh, and being I think, just I think the coolest guy in the history of the world. By the way, yeah, wearing pink at the Oscars <laughs> like that, my God! And then he had another suit that was as snazzy. Yeah, as, uh, I shouldn't criticize fashion. <laughs> well, you're right. complimenting him. That's a good thing. I'm complimenting him, but I use the word snazzy. All right. <laughs> I got to get past this. Okay, Michael, in the actress side of things here, who deserved uh, more award season love than they got? Priyanka Chopra Jonas from The White Tiger. She's pretty great in that. Mm-hmm. Talia Ryder did get some child actor awards, best newcomer kind of thing for Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Haley Bennett was good in two movies, Swallow and Hillbilly Elegy, even though we hated one of them <laughs> uh, that was not Swallow. Yeri Han from Minari, uh, she was excellent. Yeah, she and- was. Only showed up a few times. Eliza Scanlon from Baby Teeth, Morphid Clark from St. Maud and David Copperfield, Valerie Mahaffey from, from French Exit. She was Just great. Spirit Nom, that was it. And Odessa Young. We loved Odessa Young, who's the protagonist, and not the titular character, but the protagonist in Shirley, the Shirley Jackson movie from the beginning of the year with uh, Elizabeth Moss. So Odessa Young there. We loved Shirley. We loved Baby Teeth, which had kind of a resurgent moment at the end there, too, with a little... It was something that kind of went away and lacked momentum and then had a little bit of a resurgence towards the end when all the award shows were coming out. That was cool. Uh, Yeri Han, we talked about all the time, all year long. I do think that Morphin Clark is someone who, if I had to place money on somebody, one of these breaking out because of their acting chops, I wouldn't be surprised if it was her more than anyone, even though I do think this is a loaded field. Man, this a this was a great year for performances. I don't think any of my problems this year were with any of the performances in the films, which is nice to say. And I think you could hear that in how we analyzed all of the uh, performance categories all throughout award season. And we just I made a about fake it. award show, yeah, but I had to get serious about yeah. the performances because they were just they were awesome. This yeah. Year. Huh. I don't know. I may abstain from this one, Mike. Who do you? How do you break this down? Uh, Yay, Rihan is the highest on my list. Okay. I think if I'm if I'm being honest. She was very high on, on my supporting actress list because I put her. I wound up putting her there, uh, even though I, I know she got moved. I think she got moved to lead actress because Yeo Jung Yoon had had the momentum there, mm-hmm. and, and they played it perfectly at a twenty four. What a surprise! So, right. Ye Ri Han is is my choice there. I guess if I'm honest, I might go Haley Bennett, but I I don't like. I want to say Eliza Scanlon too, but I just did. Be, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's really hard. Yeah, so, you know, all right, one half of the Academy abstains. Yeah, <laughs> the other half abstains. <laughs> the other half abstains. Okay, uh, down the home stretch here, like four or five quick ones left. Uh, what a category movies. title. Here we go. What a category title this is. Best movie about or not about horses. <laughs> How is this not just best movie? <laughs> Isn't not that every horses. movie? What? I don't know what you're talking about. Best movie about or not about horses. What's okay, so hard good. to understand here? Calm with horses. I hate you. Out stealing horses. Oh, go to hell. Concrete cowboy. 
or my donkey, my lover, and I. This is why you didn't push back when I abstained from the last category, because you won't let me abstain twice. <laughs> yeah, just answer the question, please. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Best movie about or not about horror? <laughs> my octopus teacher. <laughs> That's the correct answer. All right. The film most... The film that's better than its critical reviews. The film achievement most better than its critics. (laughs) Okay. Capone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Wrong Missy. Mm -hmm. Antebellum was kind of cool. Very ambitious. Yeah. I thought that worked. Wasn't bad. It it didn't work, but it also kind of worked. It wasn't bad. The last thing he wanted was it most better than its critics. Wild Mountain Time or Irresistible. The John Stewart, you know, Steve Carell. Uh, Rose Byrne movie. I did not see Wild Mountain Time, and there's no way that could be true. (laughs) (laughs) Ann Thompson and me are right about that. No, but I don't know if I'm even picking that here. I'll be honest with you. The Wrong Missy was great. I agree. The The Wrong wrong Missy was objectively hysterical, and it had heart, and it was just a fun watch. An hour and ten minutes where I'm laughing like a balloon. And that tells way too much information about me and you and why we are friends doing this. All right. Guiltiest pleasure, excluding the above list, or I guess including it if you want. But guiltiest pleasure. We have the little things. Mm -hmm. Military wives was a joy. I don't care what anybody says. You know I didn't watch that. That's for you. Well, I'm saying I'm using this platform to say watch military wives on Hulu. Good. It's adorable. Uh, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, Guiltiest Pleasure. Oscar-nominated Eurovision Song Contest, The Story That's of Fire right. Saga. Bloodshot. Mm. <laughs> Bloodshot was kind of fun and terrible. <laughs> Slow motion punch to death. All right. Holiday was really not terrible. What is surprising. Holiday? Do I have any idea it's what that Netflix. is? It's on Netflix and young twenty, late 20-something actors trying to get their lives together. Oh, Emma Roberts. Okay. Emma Roberts, yes. Okay, I do know. Maybe one of the Hemsworths? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a Hemsworth. Okay. Usually it's a Hemsworth. Luke Bracey, not a Hemsworth. Okay, almost a Hemsworth. Could be a Hemsworth. Probably a Hemsworth. (laughs) Could be a stage name and probably a Hemsworth. He's a Hemsworth. (laughs) Okay. The New Mutants was a guilty pleasure. It was pleasurable to talk about that with... uh, Yeah. Here's the thing about the New Mutants. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is the movie good? No. Uh, uh, that episode was so fun and i there's something about that movie every time i'm on hbo max i'm so close to hitting play on it again which is mind-boggling to me because i know how not good it is i've sat like that's still the last movie i saw in a theater wow why do i want to hit play on it yeah I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain you, but that has to be... You, you just got to follow your heart. On this, this. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think... Like, I want to pick the little things, but I think I'm going to pick the new mutants. You have to. You have to follow your heart if you have any integrity. <laughs> uh, look, if I'm totally honest, Eurovision Song Contest is, has to be my answer. Yeah. Guiltiest pleasure. I've watched that like four times. It's opening weekend. Uh, again, in the ass crack of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Really dire straits. That was. Okay. Next category is movies people hate that I still love, 
uh, and I should remain belligerent about people hating them and I still loving them. Okay. All right. Tenet, Mank, or Malcolm and Marie? And this is not a question or a category. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> if you had to describe Tenet in one action, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> You can't see me right again. Great for a podcast, but what you know? You ever do the the? Here's the thing. I'm doing it right now above my head. I'm rolling my fists over one another <laughs> like it's rolling, rolling, rolling. The jelly roll. The jelly roll gesture. That would be my tenant gesture. All right. Even though there is a gesture in the movie of him interlocking his hands. Good. But, Good. Uh, I'm not using that one. I refuse. Okay. Of my hidden gem list, which recommendation might you actually take by accident <laughs> or for real? Just think about these pitches. Ready? All right, go ahead. The Wolf of Snow Hollow is a whodunit werewolf murder mystery with Ricky Lindholm, you like her, mm-hmm. and Robert Forster, you like him. Mm-hmm. Al- uh, Jim Cummings movie, great, excellent. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Okay. All right. The half of it is the lesbian twist on Cyrano de Bergerac which is just the cutesy rom-com thing, but it's also kind of twisted. It's, it, it, again, pretty good movie. Okay. A son, we have a gangster attempting to control a family through their troubled son. Three-hour epic. Oh, I shouldn't have said it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am sabotaging myself. That, was, of, that one was appealing to me until you said that. Until I said three hours. Okay. The climb about the worst best friend ever. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> the climb is a good movie. You should watch it. It's funny. It's actually funny. Uh, Charlatan about a doctor who looks at your pee pee. Why would I? Why would you? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie, too. The man who sold the skin. It's about a back tattoo. Have I made that clear? I enough? think this is infected. <laughs> Preparations to be together for an unknown period of time. <laughs> the, the caption for our podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's a romantic psychological thriller that should better tell you about its its plot with its ridiculously long title, but it does not. <laughs> tell me more about preparations to be together for an unknown period of time. It's okay. Two brain surgeons are in love and she goes across the country to basically uh, declare her love for him, but he pretends like they never met. Why? That's what you got to figure out. And you're wondering if she's crazy. It's kind of pre- it's a it's a pretty good movie. I'm how you. how long is it? <laughs> I don't think it's that long. It's like hour and forty. All right, that one. <laughs> The Wolf of Snow Hollow sounded interesting too, though. Okay, so the Wolf of Snow Hollow, yeah. All right, I don't have to answer this question. I was gonna go. I was going through the options, like which one would I want to watch? No, that doctor looking at my pee pee sounds awfully no. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I even miswrote that. We talked to actual famous professionals on this show. He looks at your urine. He, it's not as bad as, okay, I made it sound. There That's, are people who make money <laughs> and support themselves doing this that take their time to speak to us. That's true. They do. Uh, the bums have won. All right. No spoilers, but the film with the best ending of the year is. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have no 
qualms saying these movie titles because if you hear that a movie has a good ending according to us you should want to watch it so again just saying it has a good ending yeah i don't think that's a spoiler spoiler, at all no all right the film with the best ending one night in miami Mm -hmm. soul Mm. the wolf of snow hollow which you should see okay the lie Mm -hmm. a son Another round, Crip Camp or Dick Johnson is dead. Film with the best ending. There was no ending better this year than The Lie. (laughs) (laughs) I I know it's like a five point something on IMDb. And that scared me too going in, even though you shouldn't live and die by the tomato meter or by IMDb scores. But that I was stunned by how much I thought The Lie was of high quality storytelling. And we know we're story junkies. So Mm -hmm. uh, there's that. That's that's the truth. Wow, did we overhype the lie? Yeah, today. people are going to hate it now. <laughs> and I won't be able to blame them. They'll be right. <laughs> Another round has a pretty great ending. I just rewatched it. Yeah. That's probably. My How do you pick. feel about the fact that it's been uh, so quick to be adapted in English? With Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leo's, Leo's attached to it. There's the pitch for him to be the lead. That's not confirmed yet, but uh, he's got his production clause into it at least. Can he dance? Uh, maybe you didn't see him performing The Green Door in a little film called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> Never mind All him right. dancing as Gatsby as the in The Great Gatsby in that tux. So no, he cannot dance. <laughs> that makes it interesting. Wow. All right, Michael. Last two? Do I have two? All right, two categories left here. The film Twitter champion of 2020. Maybe this is not for us to answer. But I, I do think we, we should we should give the belt, the film Twitter championship belt of 2020 to a movie here. Okay. And I don't know like what your perception of this is going to be. So we have Wolf Walkers, Promising Young Woman, David Burns' American Utopia, Love and Monsters, and Barb and Star go to visit Del Mar, <laughs> which is the film Twitter champion of 2020. So what's your interpretation while you were writing this category of what film I, Twitter's champion is? I wanted to give a Mike Mike an Oscar to Barb and Star. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. That wins, it's then. It's been all over film Twitter. <laughs> that wins, then. I've been trying all night to give a uh, Mike Mike an Oscar to Barb and Star. I'm writing these categories, damn it. Final category. Kind of a serious one. All right. You could take it non-seriously if you want. I think that's a word. Okay. When you think back to watching movies at home, you will think to this movie more than any other. Okay? Mm-hmm. Malcolm and Marie, Nomadland, Rent-A-Pal, Babenko, Tell Me When I Die, <laughs> My Octopus Teacher. <laughs> no write-in votes allowed. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Write-in votes allowed. So any movie this year, when you think about this year of movie watching... You're going to think about you in a pandemic watching this film, good results, bad results. What do you think you're, you're looking back to with this year? Soul. Cool. Uh, not just because not just because it's my number one movie on the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I have a vivid memory of it being the holidays, being night, being a little snowy out, warm in the house, watching that with my mother, uh, the family, the, the meaning of the film. I, I just that's. You know, it for such a dark year. It was. It's proof that you know movies can still, no matter if they're not in theaters, bring people together, bring you a little light, bring you a little home, and bring you comfort. And uh, that's going to be my lasting memory about movies from this 
frankly, god-awful year uh, and, and difficult film year as well, uh, that there was a movie of, of that quality that was so enjoyable, that had that much heart, that I uh, was able to watch with my family, that I was able to talk about with my family afterwards. Uh, that's going to be the lasting uh, memory for me. I cannot believe you said something so beautiful on this podcast. <laughs> pro movies, pro after all we've been through this year. Go. I'm almost mad at you. I'm almost mad I'm at you sorry. you said something so touching <laughs> and so genuinely nice about the movies that we love this year. I'm just uh, a little angry. I'm a little I'm rough. So, I'm very sorry. My I octopus teacher. You... Can I change it? I said my octopus teacher. <laughs> I figured my octopus teacher earned that pick at the end of all this. Uh, no, I, I, that's, that's tremendous. A soul is our number one movie of the year. And for whatever reason, we keep agreeing on the number one movie of the year. The last three, Michael. Yeah, I so, know. And Hey, we even got best picture right this year. We're really turning into like Oscar pundits. We got a lot else wrong. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> best picture. Right. What about you though? Seriously? What, what was you, what's your answer to that question? Uh, you think of 2020, uh, what's going to be the movie that you think of most? It's probably one of the film festival uh, binges, yeah. I would say, you know, because that was unique watching the yeah, film festivals certainly. at home. So maybe it was, you know, maybe it was Minari, maybe it was One Night in Miami or Nomadland, which was like a, which was like a big premiere. And I probably have to go with that because you know maybe it was Pieces of a Woman because we watched the uh, we watched the Scorsese led Q and A. Sure, after we, yeah, we that was really screener. cool. That was really and really cool, and we thank that movie for that. Yeah, that movie knocked us on our asses, and it was like during the same time period, right? So it was, uh, or just after the film festivals, mm-hmm. I would say. So yeah, maybe Pieces of a Woman just, again, you know, like the, the whole experience of, of the uh, A to Z of the movie night, making a movie night for us at home, that was unique. So you heard it here, movie of the year, My Octopus Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. Michael, <laughs> great job. Great job in what was a difficult film year to have a difficult Mike Mike and Oscars. We were back and forth as how we were going to handle this. And you just kind of, you went into hiding there and you're like, I'm going to do it myself. Don't look at this document. And Don't look at you it. You certainly delivered. This was tons of fun. Hilarious. I, I hope, truly, sincerely, we both can leave this film year now in the past. <laughs> Good riddance. 2020 2021 film year good riddance (laughs) great job by you buddy great writing great categories that was a ton of fun uh and and dear listener obviously what matters most to us is your input uh what are your uh, do you have any different answers for any of these categories do you have any silly categories of your own you want to pitch or do you have anything about the best or worst of what was the 2020 2021 film year you could leave us all of those on our social medias or maybe just give also mike a, a thumbs up and a pat on the back for the work that he put into this for a hell of a job done as he always does with these award shows uh you can leave us all those as well as any other comments questions or concerns you have about anything we do here in the mmo empire on mike mike and oscar on facebook and instagram at mm and oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit we are also available wherever you hear podcasts including and especially the apple Podcasts app where if you happen to be listening to us this episode if you appreciate what we do if you would be so kind as to go into the apple podcast app tap on our cartoon faces on our logo and leave us a five-star review that would truly help us out a ton michael uh we're back in business tell the good people what's coming next and what are some words of wisdom to end on 
Well, it is wise to thank our audience, as you just did, and I, I agree with you. Uh, we want to thank all the people that have made us uh, part of their regular rotation. We get regular rotation hits every episode, yeah, every week, absolutely. so we really appreciate that. Uh, it is wise to say good riddance to the 2020-2021. God like bless it is. <laughs> and it is wise now to begin our 2021-2022 Oscars preview series. So that's what we'll be doing next. We will do a show basically aggregating awardsace.com and uh, looking at all of next year's potential <laughs> Oscar nominees, Oscar pictures, uh, Eric Weber over there at awards ace. I've been scouring over his lists and we'll do a, we'll do a preview show, just kind of, you know, doing little capsule previews of all the movies. And then we'll do a 100% accurate picks. And we've done this every year. They're always 100% accurate. I can't say the same about our late year picks for some reason. True. We just don't go with our... No, it's weird. We, it'd be too easy just to go with our original picks. <laughs> it's weird how that happens. We're always most accurate 11 months out. And yet, I picked Chloe Zhao you last did. year. That's the most fascinating part, is that we do hit on some hit. random you hit, things. You hit bombshells yeah. before. yeah. Like, you, you hit director, I hit hair and makeup. It's just like, for some reason, and our logic is there, too, which is eerie. Yeah, it's eerie. So we, we even a blind squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, we'll have a, a third surprise episode, we think, we hope, with a special guest for this preview series. So a lot of fun to be had over the next two weeks, Michael. And then... It's too Mike, too furious time. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait. Rev your engines, baby. Hit the NAS. Hit the NAS. I can't believe we're doing this. Oh, man. I might get a tattoo and shave my head. <laughs> uh, thank you, like also Mike said. Uh, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening all film year long. It's time for a new one, guys. When reality sucks, you can start the new film year with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya.